Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. You're listening to The Confidence Show, a podcast for the big dreamers who want to create more confidence so they can live their lives on their own terms. Hosted by confidence and life coach Rebecca Hawks, that's me by the way, The Confidence Show was created to inspire you to say yes to the things that scare you, to help you feel less alone when you're struggling with your mindset and to show you that you truly can design a life you love. With a new episode landing in your feed every Monday and Thursday, be sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss out. Welcome back to the Confidence Show podcast. I'm so excited to introduce you to today's guest, Abby West. Abby is an Instagram marketer who helps women-led creative businesses level up their Instagram through organic content. Photography is Abby's second love, and when she's not at her desk, you'll find her out snapping pictures of pretty places in and out of London, in and out of England. And do you know what? I rehearsed this so many times and I kept saying London in the rehearsal and I'm like, no, England, England. <laughs> so welcome, Abby. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hi. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, <laughs> I'm excited. And we were just discussing before you got in, like, this is the first podcast interview that you've ever done. I know. Yeah. Oh, I'm I privileged know. to have you here. <laughs> I wouldn't want to have it on any other podcast so, so. Oh, <laughs> actually might be blush <laughs> so so we've like obviously spoken we were just saying before we started recording like we've been speaking for like three or four years now which is a really long time like I just thought like before I'd like hopped on to record I was like oh yeah I'm chatting to Abby like this is gonna be great and then I was like oh this is the first time we've actually met because we've just spent so long speaking on Instagram kind of voice noting backwards and forwards and we have this like shared oh I don't know how to describe it we have we have this shared ground <laughs> and that is anxiety like we've both suffered with anxiety for years like during our teens and then since so how did you discover that you have anxiety and how did you learn to cope with it through things like sixth form and university so I think it was I was in year 12 so it was the first year of sixth form that I started I didn't know what it was I hadn't heard of it well I obviously knew what anxiety was but I didn't know what it was in terms of mental health and I just I just started not being able to do the simplest of things and one of those simple things was just leaving the house I worked myself up so much to the point where I was like I can't go I can't leave the house right now and sometimes what I would do is I'd actually because mum was or she would obviously leave work after I would leave for school 
So I would like just do a loop around our little neighborhood and then I'd go back to knowing that she'd be away from home. Um, so I just kind of dealt with it in like with myself. I, I covered it all up and then I started to break like slowly but surely I started to break at sixth form in front of all my friends and there was this one day I remember it so so well that I was in sixth form I was in that we had like a separate block for our sixth form block and I the like assistant head um I was I think I was going through her or past her office and she just saw me I think I was just so pale I was shaking and I just looked at her and then I just went, <laughs> I was just bawling my eyes out. And um, and she took me into her room and we literally just uncovered everything. And I was like, look, I have no idea what's going on with me. I don't know what the emotions are. I've never had this kind of, you know, these emotions before. And so I think explaining that to someone was the hardest thing because I can understand it myself. And that was the most frustrating thing. But then she was so, so good. Like she was probably the best teacher but I mean she wasn't even a teacher she was the best kind of leader that I needed in that kind of time in my life to help me know what to do like after that um so she got me in touch with the school counsellor who was amazing like I, I saw her I think once a week cried every time but it was great because it was like just my unleash of emotions that I needed to do and just talk through with everything to talk to her through everything and um and I think even just that, not necessarily, I didn't necessarily think she was going to help me. I think just talking through everything that was happening at the time just helped to, like, in itself because I didn't think I could speak to anyone, not even friends, not even my parents or my sister. My, I usually tell my sister everything. So it, I think I covered up for so long. And then I told my sister because one day I just broke down. Um, just usually happened and I think my teachers has actually pulled my sister aside as well and just said look I think you need to have a word with her um and then we had a good you know good chat because I I tell my sister everything a lot more than what I tell my parents so I knew that I could confide in her um and then I think six months around six months later is when I told my parents and I think that was the hardest thing because they also didn't understand like mental health when I was suffering from it was not it was still such a taboo subject and so like they were just trying to understand as much as what I was like they were kind of going through the same process that I was you know just a couple months earlier and I think that was just that was probably the most frustrating thing out of it all is that I just I was like look this is happening to my body I don't know why it's not letting me do things I don't know why <laughs> So I think that was just, and like, you know, they just kind of, they were there as they were such a big support system. I, I think specifically my dad. Um, and so it's funny how we always think if we hide things, it will just naturally go away. But actually for me, I think speaking about it has made it so, so much easier. And then I told all my friends and a lot of them understood. Obviously some of them didn't. And I did lose friends over it hundred percent. But I think that's, I'm quite glad about that because then you know who's actually really behind you as a friend and who's going to be there, you know, along these, like during these really hard times. So, so yeah, it was during sixth form and then it definitely impacted my university life a hundred percent. 
Um, and I think when I look back on it now, I regret going to university. I think in my head, I wasn't, I wasn't ready for it because just purely because of where I was in, you know, like what the state I was in. Um, and I think if I had gone maybe two or three years later, I would have had such a different experience. Um, and then because of it, I actually ended up dropping out in, in the fourth year, which was really sad because I was like, I've come so far, but there was one day that I just called my dad in absolute floods of tears. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. And he was like, look, you have two decisions. I can come get you tomorrow or you can just talk to your lecturers and see, you know, if they can help you through this. And I was like, it's the first option without doubt. <laughs> That's so nice that you had that support there. Like even in the, the fact that the person at your sixth form recognized that something was going on and could see something and then you were kind of able to unburden yourself. And I'm, I'm a little bit jealous that your counseling went so well because I used to see a counselor at school as well and I just didn't like her at all. <laughs> Oh really? Yeah. Yeah, it hasn't all been plain sailing, I'm not gonna lie. I went to one in university and she basically said, Oh, you're fine, you'll get over it, you don't need to come see me again after one session. And I was just like, okay, the fact that she could say that, and I was like, Yeah, this is ridiculous. Um yeah and then I did another counsellor when I came back home who was okay um but then the like life-changing bit was the hypnobirthing um the hypnobirthing (laughs) 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 oh my gosh not hypnobirthing (laughs) oh my gosh um the life-changing bit that I did was hypnosis Mm -hmm. um that was that was where I, I saw a massive change um, with everything. And I honestly think I put it down to that as to how I got through, you know, how I could then travel again, how I could just get onto a train. I think like public transport was a massive thing for me. I would just drive everywhere because that was my comfort zone. Um, like just being around people, crowds, Um, And it's funny because I look back at COVID and I'm quite thankful for COVID in a way because being like like going places when there were hardly anyone there and just like just being my safe zone for, you know, a good year is what I needed. I think it was like a perfect time to have just a break in my life. Um, And then that's when I started my business. So, yeah. (laughs) our stories are so similar because I was exactly the same with public transport like even the thought of it I just could not like getting on a bus getting on a train like I just couldn't do it and it's so frustrating and as you say like when you tell other people about it like I always used to get like oh like cheer up it's not going to be that bad or just stop worrying about things and I'm like but it's not a case of like worrying about something small like your brain goes into this like sometimes I worry about like yesterday I was taking the dog to Nan's for example and I always put his collar on before he gets in his cage to go in the car because I think oh if there's a car crash he's got his collar on fine whatever and I got him in his cage and I was like filming it to put on reels at some stage and I didn't put his collar on and I was like oh I could just leave it and then I was like no because what if we go in the car what if there's an accident what if he doesn't have his collar on if he's not got his collar on what if he runs out in front of traffic or what if what if he if there's an accident and he gets out of the car and then I can't get him and it just spirals and spirals and spirals it's not a case of you're worrying about silly things it's like I know that this is 
a completely ridiculous thing to be stressing stressing out about it's not logical you can't control it um unless you kind of learn how to manage it and how to like work through those those kind of things and I would agree with you in terms of the hypnotherapy like I've done hypnotherapy for things like increasing confidence for things like getting over a breakup um again managing anxiety and I find it as being so transformational um how did you find that did you do like a one-to-one session did you do it online so I was incredibly lucky as to how the opportunity came about because um my neighbor back home she is a hypnotherapist and she like I think it is my mum that's talking to her about you know situation because we're we're really really friendly so you know we're kind of open about everything which is just lovely and she and we didn't realize at this time that that's what she did outside of her full-time job um and she was like you know get her to like just send me a message and see if she wants to just do like a trial session and then we did one um she like gave me a tape that I listened to every night and and I was like yeah let's do this every I think we did it every Sunday for I think a good six months six to eight months um and I mean bless her she didn't you know she didn't try she was just like doing it as a favor because she just we had such a good relationship already and I mean honestly I can't thank her enough for what she did because um yeah I don't know where I would be without seeing her for especially for that massive period of time um and it was it was definitely you know it wasn't a quick win it was definitely like um you know I had to work on things and I still had like anxiety attacks panic attacks um but I knew that if things happened when I was you know out or something then she was like just message me or just call me and I'll be I'll be like there in your ear or something um so it was just nice to again have that support when you know I guess after university or even after school you don't necessarily have that um I feel like even if I had my old counsellor she I wouldn't have that kind of you know relationship with her is you know as and when you see her that's when you have that contact whereas I think obviously she's probably not like that with all her clients but it's just because she is my neighbor and I think I was just lucky in that sense um and still to this day you know we I mean I still see her when I go back home and she's just she's always kind of asking saying how's everything going and I'm just like honestly I'm just a I'm a change woman (laughs) and I just like a lot of it is thanks to you um which yeah so it was transformative for me definitely um and I actually I usually recommend it to people when I'm ever speaking about anxiety if, if they're kind of feeling the same I always say you know definitely try it I know it's not for everyone um but just give it a try and because I was quite against it I was like I don't know how I feel about this like just sitting in a room closing my eyes <laughs> with someone listening like talking to my ear I'm just like this is a bit weird <laughs> definitely weird but it is really so valuable yeah absolutely I mean she helped me get on a flight so and that was the big thing like that was a massive thing for me with my anxiety is flying I love I love traveling traveling is a massive part of me and to lose that over like you know something that's happening in my body or in my mind was the most frustrating thing so I was like what if I can never get on a flight again like I can't have this happen (laughs) yeah absolutely so sad so um so yeah that's so good and it's so good how like you were saying before it was really hard to 
talk about things even with your sister like someone that you're so close to it was hard to open up and talk about these things especially when you can't understand it like as you say this this thing is happening to your body and you're getting these feelings and you're getting these emotions and you can't control it at all but what's really valuable is when you did open up and you were able to express it in however you were able to so much value came from that because you had the support of of your family you had the support of most of your friends and then that led you to the lady who helped with the hypnosis so I think yeah. there is so much value in talking about things and I think when I first had anxiety as well like it was never it was it was a taboo thing like I've had it for what like 15 years oh god like it's probably even longer because it probably started in my early teens so yeah. like 15 20 years now um and it was never a thing that was talked about and I didn't know that it was anxiety until mid-20s so yeah. I'd suffered with it for like 10 years before I discovered what it was and then could talk openly about it. And that's why I value these conversations so much. And I appreciate like how honest you're being about your struggle with anxiety. Um, when you left uni, when was that? Was that just before you started your business or did you kind of do something in between? Yeah, so... I finished I can't even remember what year it was I think it was 2017 mm -hmm. or yeah 17 or 18 and um I had my parents actually said look just take time out you know let's try find a counsellor just don't do anything for a solid like at least three to six months just so that I can because that's what I needed I didn't think I needed it but I think my parents knew they saw they, they had seen the worst of me at this point so they knew they were just like look just have a time out um and then I think I think it was about four months later where I was like okay I'm starting to feel you know that I can start to do stuff you know with my life <laughs> um and I started look, to look for a job in marketing um I, the skills that I had, because obviously I had no faith in kind of um, finding a job in, but I wanted to do interpreting because my job, my, um, it related back to my university degree. So I wanted to do um, interpreting in like the MI5 or something, <laughs> something cool like that. <laughs> but, um, but instead, obviously I couldn't do that. So I just kind of, looked at the skills that I had I started a, I was running a blog in uh, during my time at university which is actually the main reason why I got into marketing because I was like well you know I'm you know like I'm quite good at writing I had my social media and I was like let's just kind of see where this leads um so it was the first job that I actually applied for in marketing that I got um and it was an architectural firm um which was just down the road from me at the time and I was there for, I think, 18, 18 to 20 months. Um, and then as soon as I started, I think it was within the first two weeks that two of the colleagues, they had businesses outside of it. And they were like, look, if you, because I was only part-time, so they were like, do you have a couple of hours a week spare that you can just do some work alongside, um, you know, for my business? And I was like, yeah, sure. Like, you know, I'm always open up, uh, open to opportunities. So um, I did work for, she became a business coach. And then the other one had like a clothing, a running gear website or something, business. Um, so yeah, so, and then that, it kind of just 
went from that it just came like I was never expecting this to happen I never wanted my own business I never even thought I never really knew what a freelance was really um and then I was like hmm okay this could be a thing <laughs> um and then it just kept like I just kept getting referrals for clients and then it kind of just happened um and then I think it was January of Christmas 2020 no 2019 where things were happening in in the company that I was in and I was just like okay either it's either now or never that I make this move and like my anxiety was still relatively bad like I did actually like my boss was amazing he I actually opened up to him about everything which is what I would never really do but he we had a talk actually when we went for a meeting um on the way back and he was like look whenever you need a day off or just come in later just do it like just send me a message just so that I know you know what's happening on the day and then just kind of whenever you're comfortable then just come in and that was also just so nice to have that support and that um I I looked at him like he was my dad in a way <laughs> because I was like okay like this is just a lovely relationship that I have with you now so um so yeah I didn't want to leave that job but due to some circumstances I was like this this is kind of just the natural thing to happen now is to go my own way and they all supported me with it and um they actually then became a client so <laughs> it's like Ros first <laughs> oh that's so cool how it all kind of all snowballed for you and how the opportunities kind of came to you because I think as well with anxiety like the thought of having to push yourself out there and like force yourself into those conversations can be really hard to do whereas the fact that you've got so many referrals like that's how my business grew as well and it's so nice and I think people often overlook that as like the marketing strategy almost like yeah Yeah. there's so much value in it because then you've also got people that are coming to you knowing and trusting you already because you've helped other people which is brilliant um It can be really stressful running a business at times, as I'm sure you know, because <laughs> you've been running it for a couple of years now. And for me, like stress typically makes my anxiety worse. How do you manage the anxiety alongside managing your business? So I think the times that I'm more stressed is when I'm out of routine, which is funny because usually obviously like at school I was had I had a routine at university I had a routine and it just didn't work for me but I think because obviously having your own business you create your own routine it makes it so much easier so like for example I think this week I've been quite out of routine already but as soon as I wake up if I go for a morning walk that is that is like the thing that sets me up for the day without that morning walk I can be all over the place for the day um and I think it's just it's to let all the emotions out like all my thoughts come out in the morning and I just and I I just either put in like a podcast or I sometimes still do listen to hypnosis um just on like Spotify or something um and it's just like my kind of okay let all the energy out and just kind of and then I can get back to my desk knowing that I'll be like focused Whereas if I don't go for that morning walk or I don't do something in the morning, I am just a bit all over the place, I feel. And my head just can't focus on one thing. And it's just a bit of a mess is how I would describe it. 
um but yeah definitely that like helps me so much and I think also just having not necessarily a strict routine and I think this is what is good about having my businesses obviously I work with people that I absolutely love to work with and what I do is my zone of joy so that makes such a huge difference and I'm not going to say that that's like that's what it's like 24 7 because absolutely not <laughs> um like I wish but that's not whoever has whoever says that in business is, is lying <laughs> um but yeah it's just I think that was the main thing for me is just having that kind of one thing that kind of takes me away from my business in the day and I know um I've actually just recently started journaling as well because a lot of my clients and just people that I know do journaling and I've always had it in the back of my mind so I'm just like maybe that's a good release of my emotions <laughs> um and I only started it I've only done it for like three days so it's too soon to tell <laughs> but um I hope, I'm hoping that that will kind of you know shift my mindset with some things um and just to help you know with with the stress I think my stress comes massively when it comes like when it comes down to money um which is such a silly thing like I know it's something that I need to work on but I just I what I hate spending money <laughs> I hate it so much and so unless it's on travel I'll happily say goodbye to money when it's on travel <laughs> but like it's just that anxiety that like will I earn it back or like is that the wrong investment? Um, and I just question so much around it. Um, and a lot of the things actually that I spend my money on, for some reason, I always go to my dad before. Because <laughs> I'm just like, do you think this is okay? Do you think this is stupid? Like, I don't want to make the wrong decision. Um, and he's always been like, you know, really good with his finances and he works in finance. So I'm just like, okay, I'm glad that I have him there just as like a little, you know, kind of advice giver. <laughs> oh that's so nice that you've got that support there again when you when it comes to like spending money like do you spend money on like investing in yourself for example like you mentioned before about your coach like how did you find investing in coaching because obviously that's a scary thing because there are no guarantees it's not like when you book a trip and you're like oh well I'm gonna go on this amazing trip and I'm gonna get something out of it like coaching is something that can't like as I said there's no guarantee so how did you feel about doing that so I think beforehand, I hadn't spent any money in my business, really, like any substantial amounts of money. I think maybe the most amount was maybe 400 pounds, which is not really much. And so I'm, I had this like, you know, I had saved quite a bit and I was like, what is it that I could use this money to spend on in my business that will be so beneficial and kind of take me to that next level? And I knew that obviously I was booked out with my clients, so that was great. But I was like, my own marketing and my own kind of business plan was a mess. Like my business model was just a mess. There, there was no business model really. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I think a business coach is probably the way forward right now. Um, and honestly, it, it transformed my business. And I, I think I've listened to a load of podcasts around investing and why it is so important to invest in yourself and your business. And I was like, you know, this is stupid. It's been two years now. I, it, it's time. I, I think, I think, you know, 
it was it was like a huge amount of money but I knew I could I knew I could make it back just from doing what I was doing before investing anyway but I think knowing that I would just have clarity and it was the confidence thing as well I knew that working with a with a coach I mean this isn't always guaranteed but I would gain some confidence in just how to sell myself how to represent myself um and that yeah and and I got I got a massive return on investment and actually I've just started working with her again so clearly she is worth it (laughs) that's so good and I think what's really good and something that I kind of want to touch on is the fact that you had achieved success in your business already like you knew what you were doing because you were fully booked with clients you'd grown your business over two years and you were almost looking for someone to help you move to the next level rather than relying on the person that's going to give you the magic pill to solve all your problems and I think sometimes this is something that some of us and I've done this myself as well so this is not a judgmental thing but some of us go into these investments with with coaches expecting them to fix everything and expecting them to change everything and solve the problem if we're not making money if we're not signing clients and yes that can happen to a certain extent but I think it's also important to have some kind of solid foundations in place before you start throwing money at someone who might not get you the return that you want yeah and I think that relates back to every business industry in some way like I I've had clients come to me you know I just do their social media but they come to me with all that and I'm just like I, I can't as much as I'd love to help you with this I I can't um and it's it and that thing is actually quite stressful sometimes because you're just like you'd love to help them but with I, I just don't have the skills and qualifications sometimes to be able to give that kind of advice yeah. and it's it's yeah it's quite um it's quite frustrating but yeah I mean business coach was it was a scary investment, but I knew it was kind of time. I think I also, I've been in contact with this coach for two years, um, I think ever since I started my business. So it was, you know, it's kind of like with you, like we had that initial communication for ages and then I, and then she put out this off and I was like, okay, yeah, like I've gained that trust with you. Like I built that kind of initial relationship. So it made that step you know it's made that taking that step so much easier than what it would have been with like you know someone that I probably hadn't heard of yeah I think it's again like that's good because you'd already got that relationship I think it's very easy and again I'm speaking from my own experience like it's very easy to see someone marketing themselves really well on Instagram for example who you don't have a relationship with And then you're like, oh, quick, I need to jump into this because I need to fix something that's wrong with me. And then you invest in it and you realise, actually, this is not perhaps the right person for me. This wasn't perhaps the right course for me. So I think there is a lot of value in taking time to make those decisions and making them from that place of I just want to improve. And as you say, the same like when you work with social media clients, like I've worked with social media clients before who have wanted to drive traffic to a new platform or wanted to drive traffic to their website. Yet when I've checked out their website I'm doing all the driving the traffic that's great but then you go and you look at the foundations like the website's not set up right the process is clunky like it's not user friendly or things are like spelt wrong or don't make sense and it's just like you have to have those kind of foundations before you think oh I'm going to invest in in something else just like something else to support me or I'm going to invest in social media management but actually 
the background of your business isn't fully static as it could be. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah. That plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Um, <laughs> so one of the reasons that I really wanted my own business was to well one be able to travel but also to have the space to kind of manage my anxiety when it got really bad so some days it would be like so bad that I couldn't get out of bed or my IBS would kick off so I would have to call in sick at work um which then led to me nearly getting fired which is fun um whereas <laughs> whereas <laughs> Whereas now that I'm the boss, like I can obviously take time to rest and recuperate. Like if I'm not feeling well, I can be like, Do you know what, I'm just going to clear everything in my diary and I'm just going to rest. Would you say that having your own business has had that kind of positive effect on your management of anxiety as well? Um, yes, it has now. I must admit, though, the first year I worked myself stupidly hard um to the point where I did eventually reach burnout and it was going to happen it was inevitable really um and obviously that was stage of my business I was so anxious because I had clients messaging me like asking for these things I was making mistakes like never before and in a way it was quite I'm quite glad I did go through that because it was a wake-up call I was like look okay stop look at how your business is running look at the hours you're working which was just ridiculous for you know what I was earning and then I was just like okay something needs to change boundaries 
is the biggest thing that has made my life so much easier with my clients. Um, and obviously it's so hard when you've already worked, when you're already working with clients to say, okay, now these are my hours. And I didn't have the confidence back then to say, look, things are changing. I'm going to have to, you know, say no to half the stuff you're, you know, you're asking me. Um, instead, what I did is I started, I changed my messaging. And this is actually when I started working with my coach or just slightly before. Um, I started changing the way that I was marketing myself and also just my messaging. And as soon as I did that, I was then attracting different kind of clients, higher ticket clients, who instantly, I didn't even have to explain it to them. They instantly knew that I wasn't going to be there 24-7 to help them. And I think that was such a big thing. Like my clients to start with, it's not that it was their fault. It's not that they were, you know, asked too much. It was my fault for not setting those boundaries in place. And, and I always say now it's so important to have that because that is the reason why I'm so much happier in my business now. I have so much more flexibility. My clients know when I'm available. They know when to expect, you know, when to hear from me. Um, but I also, and I, I sometimes do say, like, if I'm awake and I'm a WhatsApp for like 11 p.m., I'll respond. <laughs> but I never expect a response for them, you know, it's, but it's just as and when, and then, and then, and then we both, we just both have that, um, I can't think of the word, we have to edit this out, sorry. <laughs> no, we'll be fine. <laughs> um, uh, Almost like a mutual understanding kind of thing. Yeah, you have that mutual understanding. So as soon as you start working together, it's, it's just plain sailing and that's exactly what it's been with every client that I've had since to the start of 2022 and that is the reason why I do, I mean I don't feel like my I get too anxious now around my business there may be some calls that I'm like maybe less prepared with or I don't know how they're going to go I just get nervous for I don't just because I I think it's a confidence thing it's not that I know I'm scared of the client or how the conversations go. It's probably just, it's just a confidence thing in me. I'm just like, right, pull yourself together. You're fine. And then after every call, I'm just like, what were you worried about? You know, it's kind of that sense of relief. I'm just like, look, just go into that mindset of everything is going to be fine. They're your client, they're paying you. And they give you like, you know, when they give you such good feedback as well, you're like, clearly I'm doing such a good job that otherwise they would have left me. <laughs> oh sorry I think I think you really have to trust that feedback as well don't you because I've had I've had exactly the same with clients and especially in my first year of business I'd get so many people like telling me how good I was and like renewing their contracts and I just my anxious brain would just be like they're gonna find me any minute like I'm not doing a good enough job even though the proof is there like I'd get the messages on call trust that somebody if somebody feedback giving it to you for a reason yeah and it's 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 all down to mindset every single thing in life comes down to mindset and and again this is kind of going back to um the hypnotherapy that's kind of what's i like hypnotherapy is about retraining your brain and that is a massive thing like that is majority as to why my mindset is now so positive rather than before it was so negative because i was like well i can't do that i can't do that i can't do that 
so whereas now I'm just like just trust the process it's gonna you know it's gonna go well mm-hmm. and and it's also just reminding yourself of the journey I always go back and I'm just like where I was even just a year ago compared to now I'm just like it like I'm bloody proud of myself <laughs> And I think you just have, like, you have to constantly remind yourself of what you've been through, even though, even if you're feeling like you're going through a tough time right now, you know, even a year ago, where were you? Like, just see, you know, how has that kind of, how have you shifted from a year ago to now? And like, even though I was in such a good place a year ago, I'm in an even better place now, because mm-hmm. I'm also with my parents. <laughs> I've moved out. <laughs> But like, yeah, it's just, uh, it's always a mindset thing. Um, and and I think that's also why I kind of want to get into journaling because I think that will um, improve my mindset. And again, that's kind of like a looking back on feedback, but from yourself, not from your, um, your clients. It's who you were even just, you know, last week compared to now, like look at back at your feelings um, and, you know, your attitude and things. So it's um yeah I think it's it comes down to that really for me um yeah it's such a big thing (laughs) yeah for sure I love that you just celebrated yourself as well because I think we don't do that enough no honestly I think we 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 just don't we like we'll celebrate everyone else we'll cheer our friends on we'll cheer our clients on and then when it comes to ourselves we wait until it's like the biggest thing before we'll sit there and go oh yeah well done but then we'll go straight on to the next things. Whereas we should be celebrating these little things and the changes in us personally. As you say, like, I don't recognize the person I was a year ago because I've changed so much in that year for the better. And it's not until kind of like different scenarios or experiences come up that mean you have to face something difficult that you really understand how far along you've you've kind of come. Um, one of the things that I also wanted to touch on was your mentioning of the boundaries, because I think boundaries are so important. And I think setting the boundaries, but then sticking to the boundaries is also really important because that's kind of the trap that I've fallen into before where I've been like, right, these are my boundaries. This is what I'm going to do. And then a client's messaged me at 11 o'clock and my anxious brain has been like, oh my God, if I don't respond to them, then they might fire me. So how do you, one, what are kind of some of the boundaries that you set in your business? And two, how do you ensure that you stick to them? So one of the big boundaries is I don't work on weekends. Like work at weekends is my time away from my business and from my clients. Um, and then what was the second part? Sorry. <laughs> oh, no, how do you... <laughs> How do you stick to the boundaries? Yeah, yeah, so that's probably like the main boundary. And then I do, my hours are like 10 till four. But the second question, sticking to boundaries, that is my downfall. (laughs) Um, I wouldn't say like I'm awful at sticking to them, but with some things like, it's only with a couple clients I tend to find. And again, it's the clients that have been with me for longer than when I kind of had this shift in my business. So sometimes I just I just send, like if they send them a message at weekend, I'm just like, yeah, that's fine. I'll reply on Monday, um, have a good weekend. So I will always reply. I'll just make sure that I like, I just address the fact that I won't respond to this until my working hours start on Monday. So I do, I think I do stick to them, but, 
I think, yeah, there are maybe one or two clients that I do add that bit of extra flexibility just because I, you know, it's kind of how we were from the start. And also I have, I build such personal relationships with my clients. So with some of them, I know that like, if they message me on the weekend, they know not to expect a reply from me until Monday. Um, but they also know that she probably will reply. <laughs> because if I'm free, if I'm available, even just five minutes, because if it's just a WhatsApp WhatsApp message or a box message, then I'm just like, you know, if it's a quick one and I'm here, I'm, that's just naturally me. I'm the same with anything, with emails, with messages. Like, I don't know why, but as soon as I can see it come through, I'm just like, I have to respond to that. Because if I read it, I will forget it. And I obviously don't want that to happen because that could easily ruin my, ruin my, ruin my reputation. <laughs> so I think it's, it's also that fear. Like if I don't respond by a certain time, I'm like, is this going to have a negative impact on me and my business? So that's always in the back of your mind or in the back of my mind. But um, but yeah, majority of my like majority, majority oh my gosh, majority of my clients, <laughs> um, majority of my clients, they, yeah, they just they kind of they have those boundaries as well, so they always would probably expect that with people that they hire or that they work with. So I think that's also a big thing is if you have those boundaries yourself you would expect that for anyone you're working with. Um, whereas I know previous clients didn't have that. So they, you know, they didn't really understand what, what boundaries were. They didn't know that they existed. So that's that's definitely such a, a difference between those two types of clients. Yeah, for sure. I like the fact that you kind of reinforce them. Even just like if somebody messages at the, you at the weekend and you say, I will reply on Monday because that's not you overstepping your boundaries but it's almost like reminding people that these are in place like just know that I will I will get to it then which is uh which I think is very important and um, one thing that we haven't talked about yet is how our anxiety kind of shows up for you so do you have any like specific symptoms that you get or like what does anxiety look like for you um without going into too much detail <laughs> it's <laughs> I don't know you know I don't want to put people off but um <laughs> I think it is more a feeling so it's like something around stomach my stomach is and it's kind of actually when you said when you mentioned IBS um it's kind of that that symptom really for me which is a big one so whenever I mean I'm not like this now um but when I did really suffer badly, whenever I was going out to anything, I would have to plan my trip around bathrooms, mm -hmm. which is, it was just horrible. I literally had an app that told me where toilets were. I <laughs> need that I, <laughs> It was honestly, it saved my life. Mm -hmm. But I was like, it was that bad. And so that's why my safe spot was home because, you know, I didn't have to have that worry. I didn't have to worry about where the next toilet was or where, when I'd be able to, you know, cause I, especially on public transport, it's like trains were fine. Buses, absolutely not. Tubes, like when I went to China, that was the worst time because, you know, it was a brand new country. Like I'd been there before, but obviously not with this issue that I had. So 
yeah it was just the planning that was it, it's kind of like what you were saying with the dog you know you're planning so far ahead and you're predicting the you're basically planning the future but you actually also have no idea what's going to happen you know like if I was in a tube my 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 constant thought was like what if this stops what if this just suddenly stops I'm going to go into full-on panic mode um and that that happens so much like even if I was in cars I'd be like okay I need to go I need to get out of this car right now mm-hmm. um and then and then planes like there was actually a massive incident um in I don't actually have to go into into the I don't have to go into it but it's basically I was refused to get onto a flight because I was that ill my anxiety was that bad that they refused me to get on the flight um yeah so I was just like well this is it I'm stuck in China forever (laughs) I was going from China to England and the worst thing was I was with my sister so she's you know she kind of she's seen the work me at my absolute worst at my absolute lowest um we eventually did eventually get home but um (laughs) obviously (laughs) but yeah it was just what was it was but then I I look back at it now and it was so much of a mind game that I was constantly saying in my head this is what could go wrong this is what could go wrong there was nothing positive that was going on in my head it wasn't like even if I got through a flight it wasn't like you made it I was like well what's next it's never it's never looking back like look that what like nothing really bad happened then so you know you can do it it was just like I don't know what's around the corner it could be the same thing it could be worse who you know you never know um and still to this day I I you know that does kind of go through my head you know if I'm because I'm fine on public transport now but even if I'm on a bus I'm just like okay this is the time I know when I'm going to get to my destination and I know kind of what's going to be around me roughly um so I still do go through that kind of process absolutely but it's not nowhere near as intense or negative as it used to be um you know I I used I made myself so ill purely from just what I was telling myself in my brain yeah it's crazy how your brain kind of does dictate like how you feel in your body like I used to be the same like I've spent my whole life well not my whole life but like a lot of my early 20s or late teens early 20s being like I can't do this. I can't get on tra- public transport. I can't go out to a bar. I can't go anywhere. Like I can't go here on my own. And as soon as I was like, I'm not having this anymore. And I started telling myself I can do anything I put my mind to. The shift in me and the yeah. shift in like those micro decisions you make on a daily basis. Like I would make myself get on a bus or I would make myself get on a train or I'd make myself go to Tesco's on my own. Like, I put myself in those uncomfortable situations on purpose and it was uncomfortable, but then I'd come out and I'd be like, well done. Like I'd literally celebrate those. Like when I first started going back out to pubs, like I'd sit in a pub for an hour and I specifically go like six till seven when it's really quiet on a Friday night before it starts getting busy. And I'd be like counting down the minutes to till I could leave, but I'd make myself stay there for an hour. And then I'd get home and I'd be like, oh, I did it. Like I did it well, like well done. And then the next week I'd give myself like 90 minutes, like you're going to sit in the pub for these 90 minutes. And then slowly I'd like build it up. But that came from me changing what I was telling myself and changing kind of like constant narrative that was going on. Um, 
And for me, I also know that like alcohol, caffeine and too much sugar are massive triggers for me yeah. um, and for my anxiety. So can you recognize any specific triggers that you have that kind of increase your feelings of anxiety? So alcohol was a massive one. I think that was the main one when I was, it's not so much now. Um, I can easily, the next day I can, you know, happily go out somewhere. Whereas before I realized, I was like, there's definitely a pattern here. Every time I have alcohol, the next day I could not do anything. Um, and then the other thing was food. There definitely are some foods that still now trigger me. Um, and I know exactly which foods they are so that, you know, I just avoid them when I have plans the next day or even the same day. Um, and actually it's, it's funny because before, my fear was associated all around food and it was any food so if I would go out I would go the whole day without eating food until I was home to the point where like I actually I got so used to it so even now there are some days that I can easily go out go the whole day without any food oh as God. long as I have water <laughs> um, but it's because my body's been so used to that for years that it's just like you're fine you don't, you don't need food in there you know you like I've trained myself you know that I can survive off no food for a good at least 14 16 hours mm. um but it's just because it was that fear that if I ate something or if I didn't know what was in all of the food mm. that like if something was to trigger I'm you know I'm gonna be at some point I'm gonna be somewhere where I don't want to be and then be in an uncomfortable situation basically and so yeah I just I just would never eat and so what I would do is if I was with my friends or even family and we went out for breakfast or lunch I would just sit and watch them I would never eat anything I would never order unless I was so close to home or if I knew we were going straight home after then I'd be fine because I'd need that yeah. um but it was also the shift that kind of like helped me it was especially especially with my parents you know because I talked through them I talked to them through this like all and just like how my kind of brain was working and all my processes with everything that I was doing that they actually they interrupted my routine on I think on purpose I, I like to think that they probably did it on purpose to try and help me get out of that you know that phase because they realized it was so unhealthy everyone knew it was unhealthy I know it was unhealthy now I didn't at the time I was like oh no it's fine you know I don't need food I'm not hungry <laughs> but I got so used to it but but yeah like they they were just like oh let's just go to the garden center now and I'd be like I have no control because I'm not driving so I'm just I was just like okay and I was then part of me was slightly uncomfortable but the more I did it I was like I can do this you know it is possible I just need to get out of that mindset of you know I need to go home right now or that something I've eaten is going to trigger me and I'm going to have a you know a panic attack in the middle of a garden centre or something so yeah I think once I kind of and, and the same with my friends like um I can't remember when it was but I went to London I think it must have been just after COVID because my friend lives there and we went on a bus and it was a good, you know, 40 minute bus around, around London. Mm. Three, 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 four years ago, there's no way I would have done that. Absolutely not. I'd be like, get me off every single stop. <laughs> 
but um but I think again because she, she knows exactly what has happened in my life and she knows what triggers it and she knows when I'm uncomfortable but I think if like if if I she she just didn't give me the chance to think about it and she kept speaking to me of like you know kind of distracting me as to what was happening and then by the end of it again I was just like I did that with no you know with absolute ease there was no need to kind of think about it before I was like I got from A to B and then and then I you know we went back and it was fine so I was like and so now I'm, I'm fine on buses I prefer buses to the tube <laughs> No way, I much prefer the tube. <laughs> I feel like I can get off the tube quicker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't know why. I think, I, because the other thing that is a massive thing for my anxiety and how, how it helps is fresh air. Mm. So I think, obviously, tube, you're underground. And it's also, I know that with the tube, sometimes it can just stop. And it's, it's just because, you know, it's been, and that is my worst nightmare, is if a bus stops, you need to just get out <laughs> so yeah. it's probably that yeah it was just I don't know I think it's just so much easier and I just hate the tube anyway because of the crowds <laughs> it's just an unpleasant experience <laughs> a lot, it's a lot better since Covid touch wood it's still quite quiet on there I went on there the other day and I'm like oh this is actually still quite nice um, and the new Elizabeth lines come in and I love it <laughs> yeah I know I went on it the other day and I was like this I could get used to <laughs> amazing um I really like I think what you were saying as well I think when you have the spur of the moment things your brain doesn't have time to think about it whereas if you've kind of like planned to go to the garden center like five days ago you've got all that time to think about all these scenarios and what are you going to do and how are you going to manage it and what happens if whereas if it's just spur of the moment you just do it and I think also reflecting on those moments once you have done them is so important like so many times now like even what 10 years on I'll be sat on the train or I'll be sat on a tube and I'll be thinking like my god I couldn't do this years ago like no no way would I have done it with anyone let alone done it on my own and I sit there and I'm just so amazing like how far you've come so I think it's good to to have those like moments of reflection as well yeah and I think the the other thing that um I didn't like the idea before with my business was one-to-one in-person meetings. Mm. Like that was the bit I was like, I probably do have to do this eventually, but how am I going to be around that? But actually I prefer that to Zoom meetings now. Yeah. <laughs> because it's it's people that I know I'm comfortable with. And I'm like, you know, because we have Zoom meetings every month at least. And I'm just like, I've got to know this person so much that I'm just like, I, I know I'll be fine. Like I've built such a good solid relationship with them that you know I, they won't make me feel uncomfortable or, or anything so it's it's that safety it's it's like it, yeah it's just that safety thing yeah oh I love that so you've been living with anxiety for many years now are there any big lessons that have kind of come from you having the anxiety oh I think I'm gonna go back to the mindset thing <laughs> So I do like to think that um, going through all of this, I'm quite a positive person now. Um, And I'm also, I think one of the biggest things that anxiety has helped me with is just speaking about, not just anxiety, about anything, just speaking about how I'm feeling um, and sharing that with whoever's around, even if they're not like my closest friend. 
it's just talking about you know just having an open and honest conversation is like one of the best things that I love to do um and and it, it just kind of again it builds that relationship so quickly over something that you know they may be experiencing or they may not have realized that they've experienced before and it's just it it's quite a beautiful thing I think <laughs> and um and so yeah I think just because I actually relate this back to my mum I hope she doesn't listen to this <laughs> but she she can be sometimes quite negative and I constantly tell her I'm just like look like shift your mindset this way around because she's also she's got anxiety 100% and she worries so so easily about like some really small things and I'm just like look I know exactly where you come from because this you won't I've been through this too and you just shift your mindset to say I got through this day it's even as simple as that even if you just got through a day where you didn't where you just were so anxious or you've just had a hard day at the end of it you can say okay I got through it that's the main thing um I think that's probably like the biggest yeah the biggest lesson and one that I'm really bloody grateful for um because honestly I don't I, th I think the biggest thing as well is the person that I am now. I, if I saw myself before year 12 at school even, or even at university, I would not recognise that girl. A hundred percent. I would not know who she was. And I think a part of me is really sad because there were really good things about her. <laughs> yeah. But I'm also just like, I'm grateful for her and I'm now grateful for who she is now. I'm so I'm so much better off who I am now and I just have so much more healthy habits and I'm just genuinely more happy <laughs> and like happiness for me is just such a big thing like even if other shit is going on sorry my language if there's a <laughs> if there's other shit going on then you know it doesn't it doesn't always as long as you're kind of like happy in yourself then yeah to me, that's the that's the biggest thing. That's that's all that matters, and that's actually one thing that my dad says for us. So, yeah. Oh, I love that so much. I think there's so much value in being able to share your feelings and to be able to talk about things. And I've realised recently, like that's definitely how I process things. Like if something's going on in my head, I have to talk it out loud. So, like journaling does help me sometimes, but then like picking up a pen feels like a lot of effort sometimes so actually speaking about it and I come to different conclusions when I'm speaking out loud I'm like oh okay actually yeah it's just how I process things and I think what is really important as well our generation I mean I think we're not too dissimilar in age I think I'm a bit older than you but like our generation are we're doing so much work on ourselves and we are looking to grow and and learn and learn lessons from what we've been through I think it's really nice when we share that with our parents yeah like some of the things like you say like you talk to your mum about the anxiety and you try and help her see things differently some of the conversations that I've had with my mum in the last few years be it around events that are happening in the world be it around politics religion be it around like the personal growth stuff being able to have those conversations has helped her see things differently and I think mm. we all we grow up surrounded by the same people the same mindsets what they've learned from their parents 
and it's unless we take ourselves away from that like we've obviously both done a lot of traveling and we're both invested in growing because of that we're able to change the perspectives and the mindsets of the people around us who perhaps never would have experienced those different thought patterns because they'd only ever grown up in the same way kind of thing does that make sense yeah 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 yeah, no definitely and I think I wouldn't necessarily say I've done that with my mum I I think it's difficult because I I understand from their perspective that you know they mental health to them was never a thing it didn't exist you know it was not it wasn't even you can't even say it was a taboo subject because it wasn't even a subject I don't think and so for her obviously I know she's got you know she's gone through what I've gone through in terms of she knows you know she's experienced the worst of my anxiety but I think her to then fully shift her mindset around this is really hard um but I think but obviously like you said I'm surrounded by even on my even on the online space that I follow so many people that um relate back to anxiety or have gone through some sort of mental health you know whether it's depression or anxiety or some yeah anything to do with mental health that I'm always having those kind of conversations with someone um whereas you know my parents don't really have or they never really had that and I think it's also it's also that thing that if they open up about that that's a weakness because that's you know that's another thing so I I think that's one thing that I wish I kind of would have done is helped maybe my parents a little more or not necessarily my dad but mum specifically I think if I was able to kind of help her be you know that there it can be so much better than how she was doing um then that would be amazing but I think it's it's so hard sometimes to get that through to someone um especially with how like you said how they've grown up who they've grown up around um you know when and I think I would be the same if we didn't have I mean I dread to think what I'd be like if we didn't have any of this open conversation around mental health I've no I have no idea where I'd be and I don't really want to know (laughs) I think it would be quite a dark place um it really it yeah it would have just been horrible so I'm that's one thing I'm I'll always be forever forever grateful but you know people like you where you're having these conversations you're creating a podcast around this like it's it's so so important and it can only get better because I still think that it's not talked about as much as it should be but so much more compared to you know like you said when we're at school it just wasn't a thing and that that was the thing like when I talked to my counsellor and she said you have anxiety I was like well doesn't have doesn't everyone <laughs> I was like no I think you've got that wrong <laughs> but then she went into the explanation I was like and she was like are you doing this are you feeling this is this and I was like damn yeah <laughs> okay <laughs> you know your stuff <laughs> <laughs> yeah I agree I think I think it is talked about more than it was but I think there's still a long way to go and as I said like it's nice that we can have these conversations because I definitely the same as you if if I wasn't listening to people talking about this and if I wasn't being made to feel that it's acceptable and that it's normal well I say normal that's not a very 
not a very appropriate word but like it is common for people to have these feelings it is common for people to have anxiety around different things it is more common to have depression now like it's not the case I mean I don't know it could be it's not the case that it's necessarily risen more but it's just that people are talking about it more and I think when you can share open and openly and honestly and when you can read read stuff online or listen to stuff online from people who feel the same as you it makes you feel less alone and I think that's yeah. something that we could all we've all felt alone at some stage um yeah. whether it's with a mental health illness or whether it's just because we're doing something completely different to what our friends or family are doing or whether our points of view are different or our religion's different or whatever like we've all felt alone at some stage and I think if we can stop people from feeling alone then we can bring people together more and I think there's a lot of a lot of value in that because when you don't feel like you're on your own things don't feel quite as bad as they do when you feel like you're the only one in the world absolutely it's that sense of community it's with with anything even if you the people aren't physically there it's just being you know reading things listening to things it's just be like okay yeah I'm part of this this is me they're talking about or you know they're talking to so yeah that and I think that was part of that was one of the things with me like I started like looking online I started reading those articles and then that kind of I think that was also as well as like my counsellor and other people in my life that was a sign that I was like okay it's safe to talk about this so yeah that was a, a massive thing and and like, I think the other person that I didn't mention that was also a massive part was my nan because she opened up when when she knew that what I was going through she opened up about her childhood or her um you know adult like young adult adulthood and she actually suffered with depression depression massively and I never knew any of this, but as soon as she started talking about it, I was like, wow, she's been so vulnerable right now that I'm just like, okay, this is where, you know, I, I can talk to her about anything. And I think it's since that moment, I tell her everything, maybe too much, but, but I do, I tell her almost more than, I tell her so much more than I do my parents. Um, and and it, it's purely because of that, I think, that that she was there. She gave me that safe space to just talk about anything and unrelease, like release all my feelings. And she does that now, like, you know, whenever I'm having a hard time, she's just like, just call me or come round. And we'll, and we just talk, you know, we don't have, you know, we I'm not on like, any devices or anything. We're not, we don't have the TV on. We just sit at a table or sit on the sofa and we just talk like for hours. It can be like so many hours. And afterwards, I feel like a great, like, it's like I've released loads of stuff that was just, I was just like, have, like covering up or what's the word? It was just building up inside. And then, yeah, it's just a great release. She's part of my therapy, I think, honestly. <laughs> I hope she's great. <laughs> Oh, that's so sweet. I love that. I've got a really close relationship to my grandparents as well. So I'll often, like if I'm struggling, theirs is like the safe space as well. So I'll go around and I'll just kind of like blurt out how I'm feeling. And it does, it, it makes you feel lighter, doesn't it? As soon as yeah. you've shared it, as soon as you've said to someone, and it can be anyone that you feel comfortable with. It could even be like 
a stranger on the internet or like the Samaritans or someone where you can just get your feelings off your chest yeah. and as well like you don't need someone to fix you sometimes because sometimes I have to say this to perhaps like my mum if I'm talking about it or I'll just have to say like I don't I don't need fixing like I don't need a solution I don't need to know what to do next from this I just got to get it off and as yeah. soon as I let it out that's fine and then there are occasions where I'm like this is what I'm struggling with how am I going to do it like fix me <laughs> <laughs> it's just someone to listen to it's just someone you have that will listen to you and just and not yeah like you said not necessarily fix you not even respond but just be there that I mean this will sound stupid but I think a lot of people will relate to this is I also use dogs yeah. <laughs> to speak to like and that's why I love to go on dog walks because it's my time to I won't necessarily I'll just speak to myself sometimes but for some reason I think dogs like they sometimes understand they know when you're feeling sad or when you're feeling lonely or when you just need a bit of a you know a lift up <laughs> and I I mean I yeah I just I used to my nan used to have a lab and I'd always go out with him I mean I I swear I gave him depression because <laughs> because of the amount of talks I gave to him <laughs> but it was just and I felt so good after I'd just be like I just feel I just say to my nan's like I'm gonna come and take the dog out I need I need to unrelease a load of emotions <laughs> and I went and yeah I was just like I would just talk to him and and he would just look at me like I'm here <laughs> and it was just great I just I honestly love dogs so much for that because they just they take so much from us humans honestly <laughs> I know I, I knew as soon as she started that sentence I was like I bet she's gonna say that she talks to the dog because I do exactly the same because it helps yeah. so much um and when you said as well like you don't necessarily need someone to respond this is something that I've been trying to learn to do recently like as in the last like six months when people come to me and share stuff with me it's almost like I just sit there and listen and I and then I'll be like would you like me to make a suggestion or do you just because I think as well when it's someone that we care about so much we want to give like we want to jump in and we want to say like I can support you or have you tried this or have you tried that and we, we want to provide that solution for the ones that we care about because that's how we kind of show our affection and our love but then also having been on the receiving end of that I understand that sometimes that isn't isn't helpful so I think I read about it recently like having that open conversation and when someone is sharing say like is this a like do you want me to help you solve the problem in this conversation or do you want me to listen because then that way when you're in those situations with friends family whoever you know how to respond best to suit their needs and I think that creates that safe environment but then it also enables people to open up even more because they're like this person's just going to sit and listen to me yeah yeah I love that yeah yeah it's really good so before we go just to kind of finish what would be your top three tips for someone living with anxiety or for someone who perhaps think they've got thinks they've got anxiety Uh, so yeah first thing would be to find help that's um suits your personality so for me, looking back at it, counselling wasn't really 
helpful actually I thought like speaking to someone would really be helpful because obviously like what we've just said like someone just to listen to you is great but actually the fact that I didn't know them I didn't have that initial relationship I didn't feel as safe as I would say if it was my nan or if it was the dog or if it was my parents um so whereas when I found um hypnotherapy obviously I did have it was different for me because I had that relationship with my neighbor but I'm so glad that I did go for it because initially I thought of it and I was like oh this is a bit odd I, I feel uncomfortable maybe trying this but that was the thing that stuck and that initially you know eventually helped me so yeah just trying different things because you know I think the go-to is either go on to a pill, you know, use all the pills that a doctor says, or um, counselling. I feel like those are the two main options that people will give you, but just do research around, because there's so many resources out there now um, that there's going to be something for you, like you can get better. Um, the second one would be, there's, this is so hard because I know not everyone has this privilege, but just do more of what you love to do. Um, find what soothes your soul. <laughs> um, and that could be, you know, it doesn't have to be like you have to go out and find a new sport that you want to, you know, want to try. It doesn't have to be anything like that. It doesn't necessarily have to be stepping out of your comfort zone, but just something that you're like, okay, yeah, I want to do more of this because this is what I love to do don't feel pressured into don't feel pressured into getting out of that comfort zone because I know there's so much talk around you have to get out of your comfort zone to you know get into the next stage of your life it's absolute bullshit sometimes <laughs> like I can't I completely get it with some things like the amount of times that I've gotten out of my step um, my comfort zone and it's been for the better but you know when I was at my worst in anxiety, like there's no way I would get out of my comfort zone. And like when I was, I was at my worst. So, you know, just continue doing what you're doing inside of that comfort zone. If that, you know, if that's what kind of is what you love and what that is kind of what is helping you, you know, get through each day. Um, third tip, speak to someone. <laughs> kind of like the first one but you know find a find a community whether that's with your family your friends or you know if you find a community online I think do you know do what kind of makes you feel comfortable again stick in with your comfort zone and just speak up speak to someone because there will be someone out there that will listen a hundred percent like that was the most terrifying thing for me. I covered it up for, it was a good year before I told, you know, my sister, my parents, and they had no clue, even though I was like breaking down at school almost daily. Um, and my, my friends saw all of this and they didn't really question it because I didn't understand either. So I was like, oh, I'm just going through tough times. That's literally what I would say. Um, but as soon as I spoke to, you know, as soon as I spoke to that, my assistant of the sixth form block, I was like, I felt so much better instantly, even though I wasn't better for a long time. Just that initial conversation, I was like, okay, I can get out of this. Like there is a way out, there is a way forward. And I do have a brighter future ahead of me, you know, 
this is going to be the worst of it just know that it's going to get better um and and again like speaking through it as well with someone will improve your mindset massively so there's my three tips they're great tips thank you so much and I do really like my favorite one is like speaking up speaking to someone and I think as well I saw the other day that there's a new therapy thing online where you can text yeah Yeah. having to think oh I've got to speak because I would not want to call the Samaritans because I don't like calling anyone I don't like being on the phone to anyone so that for me would be a bit of a barrier whereas now there's a text thing available where you can just text someone and be like this is how I'm feeling and have that communication with someone and sometimes if you don't know the person it can be easier for people because you can kind of open up more but definitely look into that I'll try and find the details of that and put it in the show notes so that we've got that there um because I do I think it's so so helpful um so as we wrap up where can people find you if they want to learn more about you um so mainly on instagram i'm always on there so my at is abigail underscore rose underscore social um or you can just head over my, to my website which is abigailrosewest.co.uk amazing i'll put that in the show notes anyway so people can go and check it out it's been so wonderful to have you here thanks so much for being here abby thank you so much for having me Uh, i hope hope your first podcast interview was okay yeah i can't wait to do more now (laughs) brilliant you've got the bug (laughs) okay thanks so much for listening friends we'll see you in the next one thanks for listening to the confidence show with me rebecca hawks if you enjoyed this episode please take 30 seconds to leave me a five-star review on itunes This will help the podcast reach more people, which means we can help more people increase their confidence and love themselves for who they are. Don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode and I will see you next time. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.